0: Welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Tyler Orton. I'm Haley Wooden. And this podcast is brought to you by Manning, L.A. accountants and business advisors. As always, Haley and I, we like to talk about the business news that uh, we're paying attention to this week. Haley, I'll start with you. What is going on that is catching your eye?
1: Well, we have an update now. Shaw Communications in January announced that they were offering about 6,500 employees the option to take a buyout before Shaw embarks sort of on a a major business transition as it makes some changes to its service delivery. Well, surprise, surprise, about 3,300 employees decided to take those buyouts and Shaw was expecting about 60, sorry, 650 employees to take it. So this new total 3,300, it's about five times higher than what Shaw was expecting, although it has noted that this figure is within one of the scenarios it planned for. And it's going to come at a hefty price tag to Shaw. The expectation is that this will cost about $450 million. And they're seeing about a quarter of their workforce, their total workforce, leave.
0: I, it's amazing to me because A, it really shows you how much labor costs are amounts like overall yeah. costs for a company. And B, it also makes me wonder very much about how happy people are working at Shaw with that many people Taking the biotes, though. Mm-hmm. you can kind of guess that maybe it's I don't know. I, I, I don't want to assume anything, but if it was a wonderful, jolly old place to work, maybe not so many people would be leaving, right?
1: Yeah, no, I, I that certainly crossed my mind too. One of the comments from the company head Jay Mayer out today noted that, you know they they're offering people the chance. To it's sort of rewarding them for having helped build the company, but also sort of noting that these are the people who have chosen not to join Shaw on the next leg of its journey.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm interested also, kind of, maybe the technology side of things going on here in Canada, because of course, we had Ottawa just announced that five winning bids for its supercluster initiative. They put $950 million on the table. And of course, the BC-led consortium known as Canada's Digital Technology Supercluster, it is among those winning bids. Haley, I know the question you're asking right now. Mm -hmm. What is this (laughs) supercluster? Yeah,
1: that's a good question. We talk about it all the time, right? Well,
0: and it's just one of those things that kind of seems like this kind of opaque sort of term. But um, the innovation minister, he was calling it a quote-unquote magnet for jobs. But, uh, (laughs) you know, that's kind of like politician yeah. speak. What, what we're talking about here is enormous collaborations between the private and public sector, especially when we're looking at, say, pub- or post-secondary institutions collaborating with the private sector on projects that, I, I guess, you take people out of those silos. So if you want to be able to figure out supply chains for uh, manufacturing, why don't you you know, collaborate with somebody who's going to have new ideas at maybe a a school. They're working on different projects, but you need like ways of actually making that happen. So the super cluster program, it's going to be an interesting one. Every single region is actually going to have a successful bid here, and they're focusing on different things. In British Columbia, what we're seeing is kind of a focus on using big data to figure out different ways to make efficiencies within different sectors. So even though it's called the digital technology supercluster, this is going to have impacts on say natural resources as well as uh, healthcare and of course the innovation sector too.
1: Mm-hmm. So a good fit sort of for our newer industries, but also our more traditional industries. And we they're, they still have a big presence in a lot of BC, but also in downtown Vancouver. It's easy to forget that sometimes. Well,
0: and, and that's the key is, yes, our these sectors go beyond just downtown Vancouver. And I think that's very important here. And it is part of probably the successful bid. If you look at some of the collaborators involved, they're not just based, you know, over on, um, you know, Burrard Street, for example. But look, there's $500 million of funding committed from the Partners have already signed up for that. We don't know exactly how Ottawa is going to divvy up the funding that they're offering just yet, but we have estimates that this could amount to a billion and a half dollars in economic spin off on a hundred different collaborations involving a thousand different organizations over the next decade. So it's wow. going to be fascinating just to see how this has a big impact on the local economy here.
1: And we talk so much too about applications for things like big data. Um- including, say, AI, all these new technologies, right? But it's really neat that we're going to maybe see partnerships and innovations happen here at home.
0: Yeah. So uh,
1: always kind of fascinating to
0: see where we go in this uh, particular sector of the economy. And there's going to be a lot of changes abound, especially as I know I, we get used to using the term supercluster.
1: Do you ever wonder that you got into the wrong job? I feel like I should have taken some coding classes.
0: You know, as well, we could start a journalism supercluster somehow. <laughs>
1: uh, well,
0: that should be our goal, right?
1: I like, yeah, we'll need <laughs> to. It would be a pretty sparse cluster, I think, at that point. Unfortunately, we're we shedding jobs instead of adding them.
0: We couldn't call it a supercluster.
1: Just a cluster. Just a cluster.
0: Yeah, okay. but uh, business <laughs> in Vancouver is doing well because, of course, yeah. this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accounts and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax, and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, if you want an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning Elliott accountants and business advisors a call at 604-714-3600, at 604-714-3600, or else check them out on their website at manningelliet.ca. Haley what else are you paying attention to?
1: Canadian home sales across the country saw a sharp drop in January as new tighter restrictions around mortgages came into effect. They hit their lowest monthly level in three years, so that's uh, fairly significant. People paying attention to that and sales through MLS are down 14.5% month to month. However, it's important to note that December actually saw a record set in terms of its highest monthly level. So a lot of sales perhaps closing a month earlier in advance of these regulations coming into effect. Year over year, maybe a better indication, down about 2.4%, so less of a sharp drop there. Uh, Interestingly, Ontario was hit hardest by this, but a number of BC jurisdictions actually saw sales rise in January, and that includes the Lower Mainland, Vancouver Island, and the Okanagan, all of which have seen quite a bit of activity. Vancouver specifically, though, sales down about 10.5%, so taking a bit of a hit.
0: Okay, I wonder, okay, sales are down, but if we look year over year about where home prices are, I don't think that we're seeing like big drops in what people are actually going to have to dish out for a home. And I think that still, it comes down to kind of the affordability question that persists throughout this region we do have I guess a current province uh, provincial government. They, they do want to take steps to address that as well. I just wonder, you know how late in the game it'll be until we actually see some sort of changes with regards to home prices.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. In some cases, home prices are going up. Like in yeah. the condo market, it's a very, very tight market, whereas that single detached home market that saw outrageous price increases over the last couple of years, prices there seem to be going down. Uh, it, it It is a supply issue too. So even though there are tighter restrictions, there are still a lot of people who want to be able to get into the market but can't necessarily at the price level. And you see that too in the recent data, the number of newly listed homes is down 22% too. So it is still a pretty tight market. I think some housing measures are expected in the upcoming budget. So that's something we'll be able to talk about next week.
0: Excellent. Well, you know, you, you brought up what's going on all across Canada. And why don't I do the same too, Haley, with regards to the cannabis industry? Because Quebec has just become the first major province to announce supply partners for its recreational cannabis industry. And of the six suppliers announced, two are based in BC and a third will also be growing a lot of its cannabis product here on the West Coast. So, of course, this puts a lot of pressure on what the BC government is supposed to do to secure its own suppliers. So far, Quebec is the only large province to announce suppliers. We have had some of the other smaller provinces make announcements. I just have to believe, though... There's going to be a huge supply crunch in the black markets. We've spoken to experts about this as well, Haley. The black market, it's going to be persisting for, I think, longer than what the federal government initially anticipated when they made this announcement about making recreational cannabis a thing here in Canada.
1: Yeah, well, there I mean, looking at this realistically, there are only a few dozen companies or producers that are licensed to produce in Canada, and they've had to meet a very high bar that's a medical marijuana standard. We'll see more people try and get into the recreational market that I'm sure will still have high standards, but it's different than having a medical product. But once we see legalization, if there is this rush of stores need to have supply, there are very few suppliers that governments can actually turn to. And in BC, we also see that they're all going to have to go through this one centralized area too. So it's it's going to be an interesting system. And I definitely believe reports that there will be a supply crunch.
0: Well, because, yeah, the, the BC liquor... Uh, liquor distribution branch, they're going to be kind of the the central hub, as you said. But that also means like if there's not enough supply to go around the entire province, I wonder what that means for the dispensaries here in Vancouver. Mm. I think that they're going to be sticking around longer than people anticipated. And that kind of crackdown that we're expecting really didn't come out in full force like others were maybe expecting uh, to happen either. So there, there's just so many you know plates to be spinning at this point. When recreational cannabis actually hits the country, it is going to be f- just like something to watch as we have a lot of, um, let's say, uh, chickens with their heads cut off trying to navigate <laughs> what's going on here. It's going to be a whole different thing that you know we just haven't witnessed before.
1: No, I know. And, and certain provinces have made it clear that once it becomes legal, that doesn't mean that everything at the provincial or even municipal level needs to be figured out. There'll maybe be sort of a pause on certain things. So it's not like it's happening all at once, but it's going to be such a big change. This is really unprecedented. So we're in uncharted territory, and I'm sure there are things that we haven't yet talked about that will become very apparent once legalization hits that'll be uh, big challenges.
0: And you and I, we will continue to discuss this as it progresses. It's a
1: fun industry to cover.
0: Oh, sure. And uh, I want to say, though, that this podcast was brought to you by Manning Elliott Accounts and Business Advisors. Hey, Haley, if anybody wants to find you on social media or online, what's the best way to do so?
1: On social media, please feel free to connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at Haley Wooden. And if you want to read more business news, listen to more business news, you can head on over to BIV.com. What about
0: you? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Reporting. That's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N. And I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's episode, or I should say this day's episode of the Business in Vancouver podcast.